We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Jack Ramsey's After Dark. Danny Moran here following a back-to-back win by the Portland Trailblazers against the Dallas Mavericks. The Luka-less Dallas Mavericks tonight. Uh, Portland wins 140-123. 140 being a season high. <coughs> Excuse me. The offense was uh, pretty darn good. Pretty darn good. Uh, a lot to take away from tonight. <clears throat> I know normally the reaction is when a star player is out. Um, oh, they'll take care of business. They'll go out and do this. Da, da, da. Dallas was game, man. Dallas was game. Christian Wood, uh, who has been nightmare fuel for Portland, was very, very frustrating for Portland early on. They managed to solve him later in the game. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie also uh, served, proved to be problematic, got to the free throw line 14 times. And, uh, yeah, um, I don't think there's a, a ton to take from this game from the sense of, like, beating the Mavericks twice. And shout out Kirk in the comments, or, or the, the illustrious leader over there at Mavs Moneyball. Um, if you want to go see the other side of things, uh, go check out Mavs Moneyball. Um, but overall, uh, it's a groove game for Portland. That was the thing that's 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 Im, Im, important coming out of this was the continued run of Damian Lillard pick and roll, getting the offense going. Um, I don't. I don't know. It was a defense optional game by any means. Uh, I thought that early on. Uh, let's kind of go through it like we always do. Uh, first quarter, uh, Bullock, Wood, and Dinwiddie all gave Portland problems. Dinwiddie got to the free throw line a ton. Wood got free a couple times. Bullock got a couple wide open threes that just didn't go down. That's kind of shooting luck. Um, Portland's offense. Uh, Damian Lillard, you know, kind of established who he has been recently. Uh, but I thought in the first quarter, Blazers had a really well, re- really well balanced attack. They took perfectly good care of the ball, which was fantastic. Uh, really clean floor game for both teams, which is actually interesting for the Mavericks, considering how many people they were missing and how few creators they had. They really, really limited their turnovers. The Blazers only had one in the quarter, uh, just GP with one loose turnover. Uh, First quarter scoring, though, Ant 3 of 4, Jeremy 4 of 6, Dame 2 of 3, Hart 2 of 4, including a 3. He took his first two threes, the first one he walked into, and it was right in rhythm. The second one he cashed out. Um, it, it aided in the flow of the offense. I thought that was huge. I thought Ant's floor game early on was very aggressive, got to the rim, uh, knocked down some threes, got some free throws. 
Dame did not have to go gunning to start. Um, interestingly enough, Jabari Walker came in uh, just because there was some foul trouble. Uh, got three really good looks from three. Just didn't knock him down. I actually asked Jabari um, post game if he had he's done any work to his jumper because I don't noticed during the game that he looked a little a little rigid uh, up top uh, in his follow through. It just didn't quite look right. Uh, hard to really look at it without looking at the video. Um, but uh, I asked him after the game, and he I asked him, "Hey, have you done anything to your shot?" And he goes, "I'm I'm a little bit lower." But to be honest, I'm missing my shots because I'm in my head right now. <clears throat> uh, you know, I'm just mentally, I'm not in the flow. I'm not in the uh, groove of things. And it's, uh, it will come around. Like when I'm in practice, when I'm in shoot-arounds, my jumper does not look like it did tonight. It wasn't like something that had bothered him, but it was something that he was very cognizant of and very aware of, um, which uh, I, I love seeing from a young guy. Just He knows full well, yeah, I got the looks, I got the shots, I got to knock those down. I've got to get better. He said he was a lot. He was. He's very tight up top right now, and, and it's kind of um, bothering his release. I thought that was interesting that he was. He was that aware of it. Uh, but 33-31 after one second quarter, it just gets into an absolute slog. Uh, it's not like the turnovers went nuts. Portland had three. Uh, Dallas had four. Uh, but neither team could shoot to save their life. Uh, Dallas goes thirty-five percent. Portland goes thirty-six percent. They kind of matched each other. Uh, both hit four threes. Uh, the line really ended up being the difference. Uh, you get into the first half. Uh, Portland's up 61-54, and you're probably not feeling too great about yourself. Uh, you're shooting 44% from the field, 33% from the li- or from three, 87% from the line. You're getting the line a few times, uh, but Dallas is kind of kicking your ass on the offensive glass. You're not forcing turnovers, but you're taking very, very good care of the ball. But... You're still getting Dinwiddie and Christian Wooded, which you knew how this was going to go. And this happens often when it stars out. We saw this with Portland against Phoenix early in the year with Damon Ant both down and Jeremy Grant would had a 40-piece. you got to be careful, particularly on, in matchups that don't make a lot of sense. And Dinwiddie's a bigger guard, uh, and obviously Wood has been a guy who's bothered Portland a crap ton. Uh, Nurk and Eubanks both got into foul trouble, and in the third quarter, <clears throat> that's when things got weird. Uh, Dallas comes out and drops 41. Uh, they, they lost some of their edge. Uh, Chauncey was, was pleased with how the Blazers came out in the first half, not obviously in the second half, 41-37 in the, in the third quarter. Not what you want to see if you're Portland. Um, Wood kind of got things going again there. Uh, I think it was 11 points in the quarter. Uh, nine for Jaden Hardy. Uh, I was talking to Kirk <laughs> during the game, and he's not real thrilled about small guards in Dallas, but... Uh, you know, guys who can dribble and shoot are very viable and helpful around uh, your superstars. Uh, and when your superstar isn't playing, uh, Jaden Hardy was was very efficient uh, in the quarter. Only played like six minutes, had nine points. Uh, I thought his athleticism presented some problems for Portland for stretches. Uh, I think that happens in games like this when guys who probably shouldn't be on the floor, they can have these kind of nights. We had these a couple years ago with, with Anthony and Nas and when they, they would get in a game and kind of have a night where an opponent's like, oh, shit, they can do that? And I think you saw a little bit from Jaden Hardy tonight. Um, but some of the magic started to wear off as you get to the fourth quarter. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, Chauncey made a switch. Uh, the the Mavs were playing small. I mean, they didn't really have much of a choice. Dwight Powell's really, I guess they could have. They could have played JaVale McGee. Uh, <laughs> but they opted not to, as one does. Um, and you get into the fourth quarter. 
And Portland just poured it on. Absolutely poured it on. 5 of 11 from 3, 12 of 20 from the field, 13 of 16 from the line. Uh, Nurk and uh, Dame get to the line. Uh, and Jabari, four, uh, what was it, 14 times in the period? Um, you had 16 points from Dame, 12 points from Nurk. They were fantastic down the stretch. 7 of 8 to close out the fourth quarter. Uh, Jaden Hardy ends up leading them in shots, and I think he picked a few, few more of those up in garbage time because he played the entire fourth quarter. Um, but Dallas, they just ran out of gas. But they were game. Portland will take the win. They're not going to... They're not going to complain about that, but they have a lot of stuff to work on. They have a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, I, I want to get into the the third and fourth quarter and the return of Nasir Little and why that's so important. That's your that's your wrap up of the game. Um, number one, Nasir Little makes his return, and I thought it was very interesting that uh, Chauncey Billups Jabari came in first. Jabari came in first uh, off the bench before Nas, and it sounds like Nas was probably on like a fifteen to eighteen minute rest win- or uh, limit when uh, minutes limit, much like Gary was in the in the, his first couple of games. Uh, Nas finished with I believe sixteen minutes. Yeah, sixteen fifteen. Um, but Nas did everything that you want him to do. I don't care about his box score stuff. Again. Like Gary, like Josh, like what you get from them, like you want them taking shots, in flow, in rhythm. Some nights they may get the shots, some nights they may not. Some nights they may have to like get their stuff in transition. But Nas came out and he played with effort. He played with intensity. He was everywhere. He was bouncy there. I- I'm going to grab the clip uh, probably tonight or tomorrow. With tomorrow off, I'll probably do a ton of video work. Um... But Nas had a... It ended up turning into a Dallas made three. But Nas got a block at the rim. It reset. It went back out. He closed out on the three-point shooter on, on the ball side. It swung to the corner. He closed there and got a contest at the three. Or on the three in the corner. And it was just like... You just saw what Nas can do with his energy, with his length, with his size, with his athleticism. Uh, blocked wood at the rim. Closed down on the three, rotated over. It was just a one-man defensive possession, and I thought it was really, really impressive and kind of highlighted one of the things the Blazers have been missing with the guy with his size, his skill set, his his athleticism, and what he can do. Uh, the other part of it, obviously, is and this is what you love to see: is the zero hesitancy to take those threes. Nas was shooting 37% from three before he got hurt six weeks ago. He came out three of five tonight, and he looked confident. He looked comfortable. We'll talk to him about it in the post game, And <clears throat> and one of the things that he said was, you know, I've been working on this shot for years. If you go back uh, in the old videos here on, on the Jack Dramsey channel on YouTube, I'll, I'll try to see if I can find the link and dump it in there uh, following this. But uh, I talked to Nas his second year when he came back off his rookie year and how much work he had put in on his jumper. And we spent a probably 30, 45 minutes talking about his jumper and how he's torn it down and built it back up to where it's just a two-piece, very simple catch, dip, let it go. Um, and we, we walked through all the mechanics. So if you're really interested in nerding out on that stuff, um, that video's on the channel. Uh, I think it's in the interview section. Um, yeah, it is. I did move it in that. So that, that's in there if you want to check it out. Uh, but he talked about his confidence in that shot and... Uh, I also asked him about, you know, with him and Gary returning, what that their energy, their effort, their intensity, their their juice kind of means because the Blazers have been missing that. And 
Nas, he's always... He doesn't just answer questions. He always thinks about it for a split second, and a lot of times he'll throw some stuff back at you. He asked me, I don't know, what do you think? What do you think about that? Hit me with the Zion. Uh, <laughs> which, when I said, yeah, I, I think so. And he said, yeah, I, I do too. I think that that's something that, you know, I'm supposed to come out there and come out there aggressive. And he said Dame text him, and he said Coach Hetz kind of pulled him aside uh, the other day when they were wrapping up um, their Stay Ready game, the uh, the young guys um, at practice. And Dame texted him and said, hey, I need you to be aggressive. Whatever it is, I need you to be aggressive. And then Nas said that when he checked into the game, uh, Dame said, I'm going to get you the shot. The second time, I think it was in the third quarter, uh, where he hit the corner three. Um, or might, might have been when he first checked into the game. I can't remember. Um, but Dame said, I'm going to get you a shot here. Okay? I'm I'm going to drive. I'm going to find you. And he did. And then Nas catch stays ready, you know, in the pocket, lets it fly, knocks down the three. Um, and it just kind of shows you not only Nas being aggressive and staying ready, but how much Dame trusts him and how much, he, you know, he's going to be a part of that. Um, there was a lot of, of that tonight. Um, both him and Gary played a little over 15 minutes a piece, a little over right around 16 minutes. Gary was 15-53, Nasir 16-15. Uh, together, what, 15 points, four fouls, four assists, and five rebounds? No, three rebounds, excuse me. I'm looking at the line above on Drew. Um, but again, it's less about their box score stuff and their their IQ, their athleticism, their competitiveness, their aggressiveness. And the big reason for that is, and you can see it tonight, and I, I don't expect this to happen uh, probably ever again when I'm covering this team, um, the scoring tonight, 40 from Dame, 20 from Jeremy, 20 from Nurk, 20 from Ant, 10 from Nasir. You got those round numbers all the way down. But see, you got 40, 60, 80, 100, 110 of their 140 points coming in from that group. Like, it's always going to be heavy on Dame. Maybe some nights it'll be Jeremy that picks up a little bit more. Maybe some nights it'll be Ant that picks up a little bit more. Sometimes it'll be Nurk that picks up a little bit more. The shooting tonight from those guys was tremendous. And Ant had the worst night of 7 of 16. And I think that was just because Ant's you know, two of eight on threes. He got some great looks tonight. Um, but you had Nurt get to the free throw line, Ant to get to the free throw line, Dame get to the free throw line. You had varied scoring. You had varied um, paths to being effective. And I think that's the, the big thing you take away from this this little two-game set. Um, like, little note, or not little note, uh, with this win over the Mavericks, uh, both teams have um, won both games at home, so the season series is wrapped up. Uh, they split games, and no team got a got a game at home or a game on the road. So you can't go to that for a tiebreaker. But it's an interesting considering that Portland could in, find themselves in a um, in a tiebreaker situation with the Mavs. I believe the Nuggets. This is game three with the Nuggets. Game four, I think. No, this is game. This is game four. Uh, so if the Blazers can win that game, they will split that series with the Nuggets. Otherwise, the Nuggets will take that series. The Blazers are in a good, okay spot. They're not in a good spot. They'd be in a good spot if they had taken care of business. Hell, had they just gotten two and three in that five-game losing stretch? Uh, they are now what twenty-one and twenty-two, a game under five hundred. If you think about this, and this is like the irritating part of this, let's say they went three and two in that stretch, they're twenty-four and twenty, and that just sounds so much better. It sounds so much better. 
uh, when you consider just where things are. Uh, as of right now, live standings, I guess I should have probably looked this up before we started. Live, st- live standings, Portland is ninth in the West, tied, excuse me, yes, tied with the Golden State Warriors at 21 and 22. They are game behind sixth, sixth. <laughs> at the Clippers, who are, blech, they are two games behind the Mavericks for fifth. They are uh, three and a half games behind the Sacramento Kings, who are at 24 and 18. And again, that's a record that the Blazers probably should have right now. If they had taken care of business like they were, they they should. So this is the the dumb part of that. Um, grand scheme, Damian Lillard is on a bleepity bleeping mission. He this is something he does every year. This is when he buckles down and gets going. He is on an absolute tear. He is getting his feet in the paint. He is collapsing. Entire defenses. Nobody can stay in front of him right now. I mean, nobody. Nobody. And this was, even when he was struggling with his shot three, four, five games ago, six, seven games ago, nobody could stay in front of him. And now his shooting has kind of come back. Like Shooting comes and goes. That's how, the, that's how it works in the NBA. But his, and Chauncey talked about it in the postgame. He goes, you get up on him, he goes right by you. Give him too much space, he's going to shoot. He's just putting guys in positions right now that, He's he's nuts. Uh, over his last five, I tweeted it out. He's averaging thirty-eight, seven and four on fifty, thirty-six, ninety-one. Excuse me, fifty-four, thirty-six, ninety-one. Um, he is he is a dude. He is a dude right now. He is absolutely phenomenal. Um, and everybody else is falling in line. This is what Damian Lillard does. This is how he gets it done. And they are in a position right now where. They go they go out against Denver. They, I would love to see them win that game. I would love to see them win that game. I want to see them win every night. But that game is so huge for them that it. I mean, just from a vibes standpoint, they haven't really beat a good team. And listen, Dallas is an okay team. They're an okay team. They they have one of the best, three best players on the planet, and Luca. Uh, he was beat up last night and tired. Uh, and obviously didn't play tonight. When we look back at the wins, we're not going to like, oh, we got to give those back. Luca didn't play. Um, they're going to take their wins and run, right? But they haven't beat a <clears throat> a good team really since like November, December. They haven't won back-to-back games since December 10th to the 14th. It's been a month. Like they were, they were in a funk funk. But... On the season now, Damian Lillard is averaging 29 a game on 45, 36, 90. He's averaging, what, 29, 7, and 4 on 45, 36, 90. And his shooting's going to come back and, and, and kind of round out. Not bad. Not too shabby. Uh, continuing the trend, let me see if it's actually updated because it hadn't before I started. Um,. Do, 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 do. Let me pull up the old synergy log. Um, when I looked earlier, it hadn't finished, and there we go. It looks like it's finished finally. Okay. So the play types uh, for Mr. Lillard. There we go. I wanted to see his pick and roll volume. <clears throat> All right. 
He played how many minutes tonight? 37. So his pick and roll volume, <laughs> he averaged 1.44 points <laughs> per pick and roll possession. That would be the greatest offense of all time. Uh, he only finished with nine possessions where he ended up taking a shot, getting an assist, a turnover, or a foul. So, a lot of that has to do with, uh, come second half, they were getting the ball out of his hands. But his uh, pick-and-roll volume and the team's, or his individual pick-and-roll volume is up, the team's individual pick-and-roll volume is up. That's not a secret. We've talked about this for the last couple days. They are going that way. Um, the other part of this is is that even if it doesn't go into a um, straight pick and roll, it'll go in. Let's say they go run into a set. They run, you know, uh, you know, hammer action or run some horns action, run some floppy, something simple. Uh, they did that a few times with little uh, duck-ins for Ant and for Jeremy. Uh, and when it wasn't there, they just flipped it and went in to, to a DHO. Uh, I want to take a second, though, and talk about um, not just Dame, because Dame's doing dumb, absolutely insane, ridiculous Dame things. Uh, he finished the night, uh, all all possessions, averaging 1.58 points per possession tonight. God tier. Just absolutely ridiculous. That is obscene production. Um, the... The other big one to come out of this is I was hard on him early in the season, so I want to make sure I give him his love when he does well. Uh, use of Nurkic. So if it feels like Nurk has been playing better and finishing more frequently, it's because he has. Uh, if you look at uh, the advanced tracking data, if you look over, well, let's, let's bump it out. Let's go last eight games now just because I want to give him some credit. Because it hasn't just been a couple of games. It's been a while now. <clears throat> and Nurk's getting uh, you know, basically six looks a game at the rim. He was, I, I, I want to be very blunt about this, awful as a seven-footer finishing at the rim for the first two months. He, I... I asked him like, tonight, post game, is like what's what's different, man? Uh, you know, your your finishing has been better, just in general. But has you know anything changed? And he's just like, I'm just trying to keep things simple, be smarter, be stronger, um, picking my spots. He he, he joked. Uh, Casey Holdall asked him about the turnovers, and, and Nurk laughed and said, "I'm afraid to pass right now. Like I just, I kind of am." Because I keep turning the ball over, and I don't want to do that, and I don't want to let guys down. And I admire that about him. He he, he genuinely does give a damn about this stuff. Uh, he doesn't want to let his teammates down. Um, but I'm kind of burying the lead here just because I'm building up to it. Nurk's finishing 73% of his shots at the rim. 73% of his shots at the rim. He was at 52% for basically two months. Think about that. That is why I was so hard on him. Night and day difference. Night and day difference. 
Now, he's still struggling in the paint on the non-restricted area finishes. Like, that's still a, a thing. But that tends to come and go and usually ends up being less volume. Um, one thing, and this was something I was, I was trying to point out <clears throat> during this really crappy run that they were on, was it's not just him. They've been very, very, very good at the rim, and their rim frequency is up. In fact, let me check cleaning the glass right now. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Do-do-do-do-do, league shooting. Now, they're still not a great rim team as far as, like, frequency or um, finishing. In fact, actually, no, they've they've skyrocketed. My goodness. They have the seventh highest rim frequency in the league. The problem is... I gotta scroll down a bit. Uh, they are 18th in rim finishing. They were much lower. They were like 23rd, 24th. So their frequency is going up. Their efficiency is going up. And this is why I was like, you know what? You can, If you're consistently getting to the rim and finishing well, you can find yourself in some games that you're not in. And they did. They found themselves in a ton of games over the last two weeks when they were shooting. And I, I, want, I want to drive this point home. I, I really want to emphasize. Here, let me go ahead and throw the DJ Airhorn on how ridiculous it was. Actually, I won't because it's actually over the top of the other mixer, so I got it down. <laughs> Whatever. Um... But if they did not suck to the level of suck that they were at shooting the ball. And I mean, it was egregious levels of suck when they were shooting. They were a league worst 29% from three over the last eight games. Like that five game losing streak and like the three games before it, <clears throat> they were at 29.7%. It was atrocious. Okay. They could have bucked that trend. They could have figured some stuff out because they were so good at the rim, not only in their frequency, but in their finishing. But they were also turning the ball over to league high 19.6 times a game. The level of suck on the bad shooting and the turnovers was just too much for them to overcome, even though they were doing some other stuff that was really well. Like, their defense has been good. Their rim finishing has been good. Those are things that typically tend to carry over in um, in playoff scenarios if you're reliant and effective and efficient on those things. But you want your shooting to be a little better and you want, your, you, you want to take much better care of the ball. Which brings me to my point tonight about the Blazers finishing with seven turnovers, even with the kids getting four minutes, almost five minutes of garbage time. That's huge. It's like they finished the night shooting 51 39 88 with seven turnovers, which is why, ta da, 140 points season high. It's not going to be this easy against or Denver, I'll tell you that. No. Uh, Denver is a house of horrors, not only for Portland, but for everybody, because playing at altitude, you don't travel in and give yourself enough time to adjust to the altitude. Oh, and Denver's really good. But it's a good measuring stick. 
Could humble him. Could knock him down a peg or two. That might happen. I'm not saying that's okay, but you're not... I don't think you're worried about it. But overall, I think the Blazers are in a really good spot considering a five-game losing streak. Coming out with a two-game winning streak with a chance to go on the road and prove some stuff. And I think over the last two games, or not even the last two games, over the last four games, the Blazers have started to show some stuff that you care about. Dame, obviously, the pick and roll and getting downhill. Ant getting out of his shooting funk. Um, Jeremy continuing his stellar play. 20 points tonight, four rebounds. <coughs> Weirdly enough, both uh, Jeremy and Ant have been in uh, weird foul situations that they normally haven't been. The Blazers in general have been fouling like crazy after being like the team that fouled the feet, feet, feet. Wow, I'm making up numbers as I go. The fifth least. Um, they have been fouling like crazy for the last two weeks. Uh, in fact, let me pull up their foul rate as a team. Team data. Um, let's see. Just personal total fouls in general. Foul volume, the Blazers are in 22nd. Uh, I bet you in foul rate, they're really high. Uh, league summary data. See if it'll load. Uh, yeah, they, they have le- they, they played a slower pace, so they're going to... Uh, They're going to suck <laughs> when it comes to uh, foul rate. I can't pull it up right now because it's still loading. Um, but I-, I like what we've seen from this team mostly over the last couple days <coughs> or last couple games. Uh, there's been a couple couple changes. Obviously, Gary Payton's return and what that means. You 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 see the juice from that. Um, Chauncey uh, pregame mentioned how not only how solid Gary has been, but how valuable Gary has been, how he has taken uh, Shaden Sharp under his wing, and kind of that, that's kind of his rook. That's his guy. He's, met, he's, he's kind of mentoring him, and he pulls him to the side. And you can tell when they're on the floor together how much more comfortable Shaden feels on the floor with Gary out there. And that's not a small thing. I think it's an incredibly valuable thing. Um, we, like I shouldn't say weirdly enough, but I don't think people understand how much Dame credits guys like Mo Williams and Earl Watson. Solid players in their own right, but like they weren't they aren't these tremendous stars. But Dame credits them a ton regularly for aiding in his development. Is Gary Payton a second like this transcendent star? Or he's just a solid role player who does a couple things really well, but he's got a basketball IQ. He's a savant. I mean, he grew up as Gary Payton's kid. That that kind of stuff is so invaluable for, for a young guy to give that kind of stuff, that juice, uh, that confidence, that, that building block. Like, that's that's there. Um, it's it's kind of having a swim buddy, having his little binky, you know. Has it's a binky that, that, that bites back a little bit. It's a little sarcastic, <laughs> but um, it's it's a good spot for him to be. Like a, a, that's a guy that I want leading and teaching Shaden. I think it's a great spot for him. I think it's a great spot for him. Um, 
the other one, and this has been true over the last couple games, I asked Chauncey about this pregame last game. Uh, unfortunately, Ant and Jeremy both got in foul trouble, so it kind of screwed up some of the rotations. Um, but with Christian Wood back tonight, you saw Chauncey go small, and we saw some weird lineups tonight. Chauncey got super, super mad scientist, and I loved it. Loved it! When Justice gets back, they have the opportunity to get really weird. Um, we had some uh, Ant, Shaden, GP, Nas, Jeremy lineups. Um, Jabari was out there playing center. Asked him about that, and you know he said, you know it's 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 a little bit different. I'm not used to kind of playing the five, but it's the same general stuff. Um, but you saw some small ball lineups, and I thought they were pretty effective. Uh, I haven't looked at the uh, the lineup data, or I don't know if it's loaded up yet. Um, but I, I like that Chauncey was like, he, he flat said when I asked him, like, hey, the lineup stuff. He's like, you know, foul trouble, game was kind of weird, third quarter was kind of weird. Sometimes you just throw some stuff against the wall and see what sticks. Chauncey says that pretty regularly when he's like, mm, I wanted to see it. I wanted to see what happens. And I like that about him. Like, he's willing to experiment, he's willing to try stuff, is... Um, Julio says, early season below is back. He has a roster to play with. That's what I kept trying to tell everybody. Like, they were so beat up. That's why he was riding the starters, and he talked about that in the post game. Like, yeah, I've got guys back. I don't need to play guys 40 minutes a night to try to win. <coughs> it's easier to fit a few minutes in for Shaden, or a few minutes in for Jabari, when they're playing along more more vets, more NBA-ready thing, or more, more NBA-ready ready dudes, right? There's more things that they understand. And I just, it's nice to see. It's nice to see the experimentation. It's nice to see the juice back. It's nice to see that the Blazers aren't being so rigid. Chauncey and Dame have clearly got on a, a level of what each wants to do on both sides of the floor. Uh, the Blazers came out in their zone tonight. Uh, a couple different times just to try to change some things up. Nothing crazy, just a few possessions here or there. Um, I talked to Dame about um, the start of the Cleveland game in the zone. and Because when I watched the tape, it looks like Nurk's the one at fault. And I thought this was really interesting. I said, yeah, there was one pick, pick and roll in particular where it's um, Dame is obviously lifted to Darius Garland because Dame's in the strong side corner. Nurk's underneath. Jeremy's up high because Jeremy's drawing the assignment uh, up high as a point of attack, but also kind of as a de facto um, with the screener, whether it's Jared Allen or whether it's Evan Mobley. <coughs> that way there's some length uh, up top on the ball in those pick-and-roll actions. And um, what's supposed to happen is... Um, Dane's supposed to come back down. Jeremy's supposed to take the action, and, and and that exchange is supposed to be clean. So Nurk being up high isn't such quite a problem. Or Nurk can actually, excuse me, it's supposed to be Nurk can stay low, and um, Dame fights back through. Jeremy gets back over the top, and so that is, it's kind of all in one spot. But Dame has asked, Dame told me he asked for a switch there that, the other two guys didn't think was coming. And um, it left Nurk in no man's land. So he's thinking, oh shit, I got to go up to Jerry Allen, which I, I would argue it's probably not a great thing, but 
he's tr- he's seeing Jared Allen coming downhill and needs to meet him because he's so athletic. Otherwise, he's going to get banged on. But Jared Allen is so smart and athletic enough and coordinated enough, he's able to catch in the short roll at the nail, throw love over the top of the Mobley, bing, bing, bing. And so it happens, what, five of the first seven possessions. There's some version of a lob, and it's because Dame was thinking a switch is going to happen. He's calling it out. It's not happening. It's breaking down. But while it's that's happening, the Blazers are flying to the other end, even off those makes, and scoring immediately. So it's back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. The Blazers were able to overcome it, and they figured it out once they got to, they called the timeout. But they didn't want to call the timeout because the offense is rolling. And you don't want to call a timeout that early when you're you're up, regardless of them throwing down dunks. <clears throat> but Dame said, that was on me. I was communicating something that they didn't think that we needed to do, and they just kind of figured it out. But those are the kind of things that the Blazers are working through right now. That And it, this highlights this. It's much easier to work through when you're winning. Take, for example, last night against Luka when they're blitzing and trapping. Yeah, Bullock goes 8 of 10. He knocks down a truckload of threes. But the Blazers were hesitant. I asked Dave about the skin. They were hesitant about getting out. They were hesitant in their full rotations. The Blazers are not a team that's typically been put in full rotation regularly. And doing this, and they have not practiced this a ton because they don't have a ton of time to practice, particularly over the last couple weeks, um... But they were hesitant in their in their actions. Uh, there wasn't like sellout opportunities, or there there, there were sellout opportunities that they did not take, um, and so that's why you sometimes saw those late rotations or guys making botched rotations. They know what's wrong and they're trying to address it. It's just a matter of like, how do you get enough practice time? How, like, how much can you really get out of shoot around? Like, as opposed to live reps, blah, blah, blah. all that stuff is there. But. I do see an opportunity for this team to kind of right some wrongs. They're not a great team. They still have shortcomings. The return of Nas and Gary is fantastic, but they're still small. They still don't have a big that they can go to uh, on these against these vertical teams. A guy like Jokic, is, it's going to be very interesting to see what the Blazers do with Jokic because of what they just did with Luka. Blitzing and trapping, I don't think you do that against Jokic. I could be wrong. But I would, I am of the mindset that Terry had the right idea, that Stotts had the right idea with Jokic, that you single cover him and you deal with him cooking. You don't make it easier for everybody else. Because Jokic is going to get his regardless, whether you double him or you don't. You can double him, he can still shoot at the top. He's seven foot tall. I would much rather single cover him and deal with everybody else. That's how I would look at it. So um, we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, Brandon may or may not join tomorrow. Uh, he's got a, a family thing tomorrow that he we, we may schedule around. Uh, we will have uh, Casey Holdall said he wants to check in from the road. So we'll, like we said, we had Casey last time. We said next time we got on the road. It's just one game, but Casey wants to hop back on. So uh, we'll bring Casey on then. Um, like I said, I might do a video thing here coming up in the next couple of days. I know that was something that everybody wanted to see. We'll do some more video breakdowns. Like maybe we'll talk about the Cleveland stuff and, and why it matters we'll talk about gp's return and kind of how impactful he can be in the certain points and, and why it's so valuable um and we'll talk about some of the small ball looks and, and kind of how those those things can all shake out so um we got a lot coming up uh it's gonna be busy 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 before we get into the all-star break uh again quick note the likelihood is the all-star break is when i am going to be shutting down for my surgery um I will try to get some content out ahead of time so you guys have a little bit of stuff. Um, 
but the likelihood is that I'm going to disappear from the world for two weeks. Uh, why I am just wildly high on painkillers, uh, recovering from uh, a fun, fun surgery. So, um, other than that, uh, we'll keep things rolling. Uh, we will have the watch party for the the away game on Tuesday. Um, and like I said, I'm going to open that up for everybody. So if you have wanted to take part in one of those before, as long as you've got access to the game, which means you have a streaming platform or uh, NBA League Pass that has uh, access to Root or to NBA League Pass, um, you should be able to watch. Uh, other than that, um, you guys have a great night. Appreciate you. Love you. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Help us grow the show. It's awesome to see like 250 people in here at what what time is it right now? Almost all midnight on Sunday night. <laughs> um Appreciate you guys so much. Uh, you can uh, contact us uh, on social media at Danny Morang, at Brandon Sprague, at Jack Ramsey's. Email the show at Jack Ramsey's. Uh, yeah, email the show at Jack Ramsey's. Jack Ramsey's at gmail.com. Uh, other than that, uh, we will catch you guys tomorrow. Once I know the time, I'll go ahead and post it and we'll t- take a few questions, stuff like that. And then uh, we'll dive into it. And have a wonderful, wonderful night. Take care. Talk soon. Mm, bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.